Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Avraham Fisher, and this week we have a double parasha, Vayakhel and Pekudei. From time to time it's necessary to uh, read two consecutive parashiot in order to make sure that our uh, calendar works out the way uh, it's intended. And this year, uh, because of the number of Shabbatot that we have, we have to put Vayakel and Bukudei together. Uh, but together, they, uh, they really do form a unit, because in general, Vayakel and Bukudei, uh deal with the uh, instructions and the execution of the building of the Mishkan. The uh, Parsha Vayakel begins uh, by Moshe exhorting the people, even before talk, talking to them about the Mishkan, uh, about the observance of Shabbat. Uh, we had the observance of Shabbat mentioned uh, by Hashem at the end of Hashem's instructions regarding the Mishkan. Moshe puts it at the beginning. And uh, he also adds or emphasizes, uh, do not make a fire on Shabbat. Then, Moshe tells the people that they must donate the materials and their skills uh, for building the Mishkan. And then, subsequent to this, uh, the people begin to, uh, to donate, to bring donations for the Mishkan. The various materials that are going to be needed, uh, whether it be cloth of different colors, precious stones, leather, wood, oil, incense, and of course gold, silver, and copper. And so people bring donations. It is said that both men and women uh, bring donations. And the princes of each tribe uh, bring uh, special precious stones. Uh, These are gems that are going to be used. Next, Moshe tells Bnei Yisrael, uh, who will supervise the Mishkan design and construction. Of course, the exact design has already been uh, laid out, but uh, B'Tzalel uh, and Oholiav, uh, who are appointed here for this uh, task, uh, they must be familiar with all of the different types of uh, skills and activities necessary to build the Mishkan, uh, but they're also involved in... Uh, giving it a, uh, a particular look. Uh, and this, uh, of course, will be in keeping with the uh, spiritual uh, elements of the Mishkan. It's not just simply building uh, a structure. It is building a place for Hashem's presence to uh, to dwell. And so B'Tzalel and Oholiav are appointed for this task. And subsequent to this, uh, we are told that the people uh, bring more than is needed. And so, uh, the the word goes out uh, that they are to stop donating. uh, Because enough has been uh, donated for the purpose of the Mishkan. And then, the building of the Mishkan begins as instructed. When B'Tzalel 
supervises the building of the Mishkan, it's noteworthy that the order uh, is uh, different from the order of the instructions as given by Hashem to Moshe. For example, when Hashem spoke to Moshe, he first talked about the Aron, the Ark, the place where the tablets are kept. But B'Tzalel uh, gives instructions for the tent of the Mishkan to be constructed first. Uh, and of course, both are right. Uh, Hashem put, uh, talks about the Aron first because uh, that is the central focus, that is the nucleus, that is the beating heart of the Mishkan. So in terms of importance, the Aron comes first. But from a practicable, practical perspective, it's necessary to have a place for the Aron, for the Ark, to be housed. And so B'Tzalel uh, orders the, and supervises the building of the Mishkan part, the tent part, first. And uh, we're taught about the construction of the tent, of the coverings, of the boards. Then we talk about the Aron, and then the Shulchan, the table, the menorah, the candelabrum, then the incense altar, made of gold, uh, and then the outside copper altar, and, uh, and then the basin and stand, uh, which stand in the uh, courtyard for the Kohanim to sanctify their hands and feet. And here the Torah adds a detail uh, that it has mentioned before, that the specific origin of the copper for the copper basin uh, is uh, the copper that comes from the mirrors uh, that belong to the women uh, and who were very uh, excited about making their personal donation to the Mishkan. We'll come back to that later. Um, and then the last part of the Mishkan that the Torah uh, discusses is the construction of the courtyard which goes around the entire complex of the uh, of the Mishkan. So, in B'tzalel's execution, we really start from the center, from the uh, from the tent, uh, and uh, making the tent properly, and then putting into the tent what needs to be there: the Aron, the Shulchan, the Menorah, the altar. Then, outside of the tent, the copper altar, the basin and stand, and then around that the enclosure of the courtyard. So that is the manner in which uh, B'Tzalel uh, carries out the building of the Mishkan. Pekudei uh, continues from here, and uh, Pekudei means uh, an accounting, and uh, when it comes to the, uh, the precious metals uh, that were used to build the uh, Mishkan, we're talking now about gold, silver, and copper. So it's necessary to give an accounting of exactly how much uh, precious metal was collected and exactly how was it, uh, was it used. So that's the beginning, the accounting of the materials for the building of the Mishkan, uh, specifically the gold, the silver, the copper, and what they were used for. That uh, is the building of the Mishkan and the accounting thereof. 
but also, uh, as we continue, and now we're in Parashat Pekudei, uh, we also talk about fashioning the vestments, the garments, for the uh, Kohanim. Starting with the special uh, garments worn by the Kohen Gadol. Remember, the Kohen Gadol has four gold garments or garments that contain gold, uh, which are uh, different from the, or in addition to, the four white garments, the white linen garments that are worn by all Kohanim. So this description uh, begins with the description of the making of the ephod, which uh, remember is almost like an apron. Um, and the Torah talks about the materials of the ephod and the manner in which it's made, then proceeding to the choshen, uh, which is uh, a breastplate, it's called, but it's really mostly made out of cloth, uh, and the me'il, which is like a robe or a, a coat, uh, the making of the koshen uh, and me'il, the materials that go into it, and the manner in which it was made. And then the making of the garments for uh, all of the kohanim. The kohanim, remember, have, uh, all kohanim have uh, four, four garments. Um, those, uh, those garments are a, a turban, uh, a tunic, a, uh, a sash and uh, pants. All Kohanim have those uh, those four. Uh, the Torah continues to to describe the conclusion of the building of the Mishkan and how the uh, Mishkan is presented to the people, uh, by the people rather, to uh, to Moshe and. Uh, when Moshe uh, sees everything that the people have made, he blesses them. Um, he blesses the people. Uh, he wants God's presence to uh, reside in that which the people have uh, have constructed. And then uh, Hashem uh, directs uh, Moshe with regard to the uh, erecting and arranging of the Mishkan. He says that the actual erecting of the Mishkan, putting it all together, will take place on the first day of the first month of the second year since the Exodus. Remember, the Tzitziyat Mitzrayim, the Exodus, took place on Pesach, on Passover, which is the 15th day of the first month. So the dedication of the Mishkan will be uh, on Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of the month of Nisan. And so, as directed, Moshe erects the, uh, the Mishkan. Uh, it seems that he does so single-handedly. And as the Mishkan is, uh, is finally put together, uh, the divine presence, the Shekhinah, uh, is revealed to the people of Israel and uh, the covering of the Mishkan is, uh, is filled with the uh, presence of Hashem. And we are reminded that the cloud and the fire would accompany B'nai Yisrael throughout their travels in the uh, Midbar. Indeed, uh, the fire and the cloud would indicate for them how they are to uh, travel. And this brings us to the end of Pekudei as well as the end of the book of Shemot.
And uh, when we read any of the books of the Torah, we say, Chazak, Chazak, Venit Chazek, be strong, be strong, and we will strengthen ourselves. Uh, and uh, this uh, looks forward to the next book of, of the Torah. Let's uh, examine uh, two sections, one from Vayakel and one from uh, from Pekude. Uh, in Vayakel, when we're taught about the making of the various parts of the Mishkan, Torah says that the kiyo, the laver, uh, is made of copper, but this is a, a rare case where the Torah tells us exactly the origin of the uh, of the copper, of the metal. It says that it was made from the mirrors of the women who crowded at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Why is, does the Torah uh, make a point of this, and why indeed uh, are, are these the uh, offerings that are to be given? And so Rashi uh, cites a well-known Midrash that uh, at first Moshe did not want to accept the gift of the polished, burnished uh, copper mirrors uh, because he thought that mirrors was a sign of, uh, of vanity. Uh, but Hashem points out to Moshe that uh, the gift of these mirrors is very, very precious to him because it's through the mirrors that the uh, redemption actually happened. And here uh, Rashi cites a, a well-known Midrash that um, when the labor uh, got so so difficult that the men were about to give up, which was essentially Paro's plan. He wanted the children of Israel to stop multiplying. And so the men were about to give up. The women who thought it was important to continue the Jewish people and to rely on Hashem for salvation, um, the women used these mirrors to make themselves beautiful and also to speak endearingly to their husband. Um, and uh, as a result of this, the husbands uh, continued to be with their wives, and uh, this continued the Jewish the creation and the multiplying of the Jewish people uh, uh, so that there was a Jewish people to redeem. So Hashem says that uh, take this, uh, this gift of the mirrors um, and... The purpose of the mirrors was to enhance the shalom bayit, the peace between husband and wife. Use it specifically to make the kiol, uh, to sanctify the hands and feet of the kohanim as they're about to do the service in the mishkan. And that service will ultimately bring about more peace between Hashem and the Jewish people. So it is a, an acceptable and exemplary uh, gift to accept from them. And then, as we talk about the very end of the parasha, that the cloud covered the tent and the glory of Hashem filled the tabernacle, uh, which is the uh, uh, which is towards the very very end, it's a good idea for us to look back at the Ramban's introduction to the book of Shemot, which we have talked about uh, in the in the past, uh, in the beginning of the book of Shemot. Well, the Ramban uh, asks the question, why, uh, does, why is the Book of Shemot constructed the way it is? Uh, why, for example, <coughs> does the Book of Shemot not only uh, contain the, uh, 
the exodus from Egypt, the enslavement, the, the exodus from Egypt, um, and uh, perhaps also including the giving of the Torah at Sinai. Uh, but that should more or less be the end of the book of Shemot. And yet, the last part of the book of Shemot, a uh, significant part of it, uh, is about the building of uh, the Mishkan. Uh, and he asks, um, one would have thought that the Mishkan, the building of the Mishkan, should belong in the book of Vayikra, uh, which is where uh, we talk more about uh, sacrifices in greater detail. Why does the book of Shemot include the building of the Mishkan, and why does it stop there? The Ramban states a very important uh, fundamental idea that the the whole goal of the Exodus was not merely to free uh, B'nai Yisrael from, from being physical slaves, but actually to enable them to um, attain, once again, the level of sanctity and closeness to Hashem that their ancestors, Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, uh, had had. But as a result... Of everything that had happened in uh, in Egypt, they sank lower and lower um, in their in their spiritual uh, level, uh, and so even when they left the uh, the land of Egypt, even though they were no longer physically slaves, uh, they were still uh, they had still not yet achieved uh, what Hashem wanted them to achieve by means of the Exodus, namely to uh, restore that uh, that level of, of holiness. The only way that that was to happen uh, was uh, by means of the giving of the Torah at Sinai, but also the building of the Mishkan. Because once the Mishkan is built, as we have in the very last lines of the Book of Shemot, when the, the uh, Mishkan is concluded... Uh, Hashem's presence comes and dwells amongst them, dwells amongst B'nai Israel, and in that way, the goal of the Book of Shemot has been uh, has been achieved. Uh, the reuniting of uh, Hashem and the Jewish people at their highest uh, spiritual level. That's why it includes this, and and concludes at this point. I thank you very much for joining me in this exploration of uh, the very end of the book of Shemot, Vayakel Pekudei. This has been Rabbi Abraham Fisher for Parashah Highlights and Insights, saying Shalom.